There's a group of people in Jerusalem that we look at this morning whose hope was dying. As they were building the wall and opposition and discouragement set in, Nehemiah was called of God to encourage them to focus on the Lord and to minister to one another. So we turn to Nehemiah chapter 4 and we begin reading at verse 1 and read through verse 15 in Jesus' name. Now it came about when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became furious and very angry and mocked the Jews. He spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy men of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was near him and he said, Even what they are building, if a fox should jump on it, he would break their stone wall down. Hear, O God, how how we are despised. Return the reproach on their own heads and give them up for plunder in a land of captivity. Do not forgive their iniquity. And let not their sin be blotted out before you, for they have demoralized the builders. So we built the wall, and the whole wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Now when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on, and that the breaches began to be closed, they were very angry. All of them conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance in it. But we prayed to our God, and because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. Thus in Judah it was said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing. Yet there is much rubble, and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Our enemies said they will not know or see until we come among them, kill them, and put a stop to the work. When the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times, they will come up against us from every place where you may turn. Then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, the exposed places, and I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. When our enemies heard that it was known to us, and that God had frustrated their plan, then all of us returned to the wall, each one to his own work. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this passage of Scripture. We too face times of opposition, times of of discouragement, times, Lord, when it would be very easy to just throw in the towel and quit. But Lord, you have given us your word, you've given us your spirit, you are a great and awesome God, and You've given us your church, the body of Christ, and we together, as we focus on you, Lord, 
are there to encourage one another and to point our eyes upon you. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us in the work that you've called us to do, not to become discouraged, but to rise up and build, Lord, as you have called us. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I read a story some years ago about a young man who had a Sunday school class of all boys, and they were probably a bit rambunctious because after just a couple of months, he decided he was going to throw in the towel and quit. And the Sunday that he was going to be his last Sunday, he came early and he overheard two boys talking. And one boy said to the other, the teacher's quitting, so I'm quitting too. The other boy said this. He said, he doesn't quit. He said, I was the first boy in his class. And one Sunday he told us that God had sent us, sent him to teach us. He said that God was his boss. He had to do what God wanted him to do. He is God's man and God's man doesn't quit. Now, if you're that teacher, what are you going to do? Here are these boys discussing whether or not they should come to class anymore because the teacher's going to quit. God's man doesn't quit. <laughs> and that man didn't quit. A lesson learned that, that day. If there was ever a man who was tempted to quit... I kind of think Nehemiah would have been that man. The work that God had given him to do was a very challenging task, a very difficult task. He faced opposition. He faced discouragement everywhere he looked. But he realized he was God's man for that task. And God's man doesn't quit. Notice, first of all, Nehemiah helped keep the work going in spite of opposition. And opposition there was at every, every step of the way. You, you, you read through the book of Nehemiah and, and over and over again, whenever God was working, whenever God was doing something significant in the life of His people, there was opposition. Chapter 2, verse 8, we see the good hand of God upon Nehemiah as God was giving him favor in the in the heart of the king, right after that opposition, verse 10, Sanballat and Tobiah appeared very displeased that someone would come to seek the welfare of the sons of Israel. Chapter 2, verse 18, the people said, let us arise and build. And immediately after that, verse 19 says the workers were mocked and despised. Chapter 3, we looked at last week as the people came from various places to work on the wall we come then to the first verse of our text. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Here they are again. Sanballat, Tobiah. They were furious. They were very angry. And they mocked the Jews. So the lesson is very clear. In one way or another, wherever God is at work, you can rest assured that there will be opposition. It never fails. One way or another, Satan is seeking to destroy what God is building. And He will be there. You can bet on it. You can rest assured. 
Sanballat and Tobiah. Names that we obviously recognize. And there's a lesson for us in this. That opposition often comes from the same source. There are some people that just seem to delight in opposition. Their self-appointed mission in life is to oppose anything that would further the kingdom of God. And I don't know what you think, but it seems to me that today it, it, is, it is either worse or it, maybe it just seems worse. Because people have so many avenues whereby they can spew out their criticism and opposition to the Lord's work. Facebook, right? Twitter, Instagram, texting, emailing, blogging. It seems like it's either worse or it just seems worse because there's so many ways in which people can oppose. It's so easy, isn't it? And it's so damaging. So damaging. Sanballat and Tobiah opposed the word, the work with a war of words. Verse 2, Sanballat called the workers feeble implying that they didn't have the strength needed to build the wall. And then he asked, can they finish in a day? Implying that the job was much bigger than they thought and they would never last until the end. Then he said that the stones were burned and were nothing more than dusty rubble, implying that the resources they had weren't good enough. And then Tobiah kind of added the The finishing touch to their criticism, he said, even if a fox should jump on it, he would break down their stone wall. And I can just hear them laughing, criticizing. Ah, look at these feeble Jews. Ah, just even a little fox would break down their wall. Just on and on and on and on. A war of words. How successful is a war of words? Does it really matter what the enemy says? Does it really matter when opposition comes? We were told when we were children that words can't hurt us, right? You know what I'm going to say. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names, words, can't hurt us. Is that true? I'll bet you you can remember some things. They were said to you when you were a child. Very hurtful. And I've got news for you. When you get older as an adult, it doesn't change. Words, words are powerful. Words can bring great encouragement. And yet, on the other hand, words can bring great pain. A war of words. So the question is, who, who are you listening to? Who are you hearing? Are you listening to the Lord? Are you listening to the opposition? Are you dwelling on the truth of God? Or are you listening to the lies of the enemy? If you keep listening to the enemy, you're eventually going to want to give up and quit. That's why we need to hear from the Lord. We need to listen to His Word. We need to fill our mind with the truth of God's Word because that's how we're transformed and that's how we're encouraged and that's how we're strengthened. The enemy will always be there. A war of words. 
Notice how Nehemiah responded to this. If you look at verse 4, you'll see that he got down on his knees and he brought it to the Lord. He said, Hear, O our God, how we are despised. And the result of that in verse 5, he says, For they have demoralized the workers. They've demoralized the builders. The war of words was affecting these people who were building the wall. They were listening to what the enemy had to say. So instead of fighting back with angry words, Nehemiah fought back on his knees. And look what happened. Verse 6 says, So we built the wall, and the whole wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Do you think prayer was answered there? <laughs> they were demoralized. And yet, as he got down on his knees to pray, the work started again. The people had a mind to work. But as you might expect, the opposition didn't run away. Verse 7, now when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdites, Ash, Ashdodites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on and that the breaches began to be closed. They were very angry. All of them conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance in it. Now, we've seen Sanballat and Tobiah. We've seen the Arabs. We've seen the Ammonites. But here's a new one. Now the Ashdodites joined. And again, that's how it works, isn't it? When there are people who are opposing something, they are very good at recruiting. They're the best recruiters. Those with negative, hateful, evil spirits, they have a way of getting others to join. Come on along with us. Yeah. We'll just throw stones at them. We'll cast stones at them. We'll criticize. We'll oppose whatever God wants to do. Oh, it's easy to find them. <laughs> and so what do you see here? The opposition is increasing. And now there was a threat of war. They conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance within it. I don't know if you know your geography very well, but Raymond Brown says the enemies here are coming from all four different directions. Sanballat from the north, Tobiah and the Ammonites from the east, the Arabs from the south, and the Ashdodites from the west. What does that say? Everywhere Nehemiah looked, there they were. North, south, east. West, the opposition is increasing. Where is he going to turn? You know where he's going to turn, don't you? It wasn't north, south, or east, or west. It was heavenward. Verse 9, But we prayed to our God. Because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. Every opportunity, of, or every kind of opposition that came to Nehemiah, what did he do? He turned to the Lord, not as a last resort, but as his first defense, right? First defense. Hey, there's a principle for us, right? If all else fails, pray. 
Is that your motto? Or how about this? All I could do was pray. Oh no, isn't that terrible? (laughs) Praise God we can pray. Thank the Lord we can bring these needs to Him. And that's what Nehemiah did. But there's something a little different here. Notice it wasn't just Nehemiah that prayed. Verse 9 says he was joined by the people. He said, we prayed. We prayed. So they didn't just work together. They prayed together. Chuck Swindoll says, you are never more successful than when you are on your knees in prayer. Believe that? You are never more successful than when you are on your knees in prayer. The saint who advances on his knees, he says, need never retreat because prayer provides an invincible shield. When my father was ordained, 1955, in Ely, Minnesota, my grandfather told him, he said, Son, I got two things to tell you. He said, Number one, give the layman a chance to speak. You pastors don't know it all. Good advice. The second thing he said, get the prayer meeting in your church. He said, there is no power in the pulpit unless there's prayer in the pew, he told them. That's true. Get the prayer meeting in your church. Nehemiah believed that, didn't he? It wasn't just him praying. He said, we, we were praying. We weren't just working together. We were praying together. So are we praying together, people? Huh? Do we believe in prayer as a congregation? We think we got it together. huh? We can do it. Don't ever fall for that. We prayed. Not just worked. But they prayed. Notice also... They set up a guard, we're told, against them day and night. So as one author says, their response was was very balanced. Some people think it all depends on them, so they expend great human effort and neglect to pray. Other people think it all depends on God, so they do nothing and expect God to take care of them. Isn't it both? Yes, we believe in prayer. And what did Nehemiah say, too? He set up a guard. Be ready for the opposition. Trust in God. It's not one or the other, is it? In Nehemiah's case, it wasn't in ours as well. So Nehemiah kept the work going in spite of opposition. And opposition was there every step of the way. The second thing we notice is that Nehemiah helped keep the work going in spite of discouragement. In spite of discouragement. One author says opposition and discouragement are like a one-two punch. And the people of Jerusalem were just about knocked out, he says. Look at verse 10. Thus in Judah it was said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing, yet there is much rubbish, and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. That's discouragement, right? Look at all the rubble. 
Look at all the work to be done. We are tired. We're not able to build the wall. They were ready to quit. Throw in the trowel. Throw in their equipment. And say, it just ain't worth it. We're just never going to finish the wall. Why? They were tired. Verse verse, uh, 10 says, the strength of the burden bearers is failing. And if you look at verse 6, and you notice that they were only half done with the wall. Half done. I'd call that a mid-wall crisis, right? (laughs) Halfway. And they learned the lesson that it's always easier to begin a work than it is to finish a work. Have you found that to be true? Look at your house. Did any of you got stuff you started? Projects that you didn't finish? Huh? I won't make you raise your hand. You can do it the Norwegian hand. Raise it in your heart. Right? Okay. It's easier to start than finish. And that's what happened here. They were halfway through and they were ready to throw in the towel and quit. I read about a missionary who was visiting a church. And he and the pastor were sitting outside the church and watching as people walked by. And the pastor said, that man made a great start for the Lord a year ago. And then another one walked by and he said, when that man was first saved, he was so on fire for the Lord. And several walked by and this pastor gave very similar uh, comments about these people. And then the missionary, he had been there in the church for a few weeks and hadn't seen any of them in Sunday school, any of them in church. And finally said, you have indeed a great number of starters. Aren't any of them planning to finish? (laughs) Is that possible to have a great start? And halfway through the building of the wall, oh, we're so tired and don't you want to finish? To be able to say, as Paul did at the end of the journey, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. As I get older, that's, that's, that's my prayer. Lord, help me to finish. Not just start, but finish. That was my dad's prayer. And I thank God the example that, that he left for us as, as, as boys. Finished. Those were the last words that I read to him before he died from 2 Timothy chapter 4. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. Pastor Lee was the president of our AFLC at the time. He spoke at my dad's funeral. Guess what text he chose? Second Timothy chapter four. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. We need to finish. Not give in to Opposition, not give in to discouragement. But finished. Well, they were losing their strength. But it seems to me that they, they also had lost their focus. When the workers first started to build the wall, they went with great enthusiasm. 
Chapter 2, verse 18, I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable to me. And also about the king's words, which he had spoken to me. And then they said, let's do it. Let's arise and build. So they put their hands to the work. But when they got tired, it seems like they lost sight of the Lord. And they began to view the project from, from a strictly human point of view. They looked around them and what did they see? Rubbish everywhere. They said, we can't do it. The strength has failed. And so what was Nehemiah going to do? His, his workers were ready to quit. Halfway done and they were ready to throw in the towel. And, and so Nehemiah challenged them. Instead of looking at the rubbish all around them and the enemies who threatened them, they needed to, the, to look to the Lord who was with them. And that's what he told them. Verse 14, he said, When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. <laughs> What's he saying? Look to, look to God. He is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Great and awesome. Awesome. Word overused today, right? Everything's awesome. Only God is awesome, right? He is awesome. Get your eyes off the rubble, Nehemiah saying. Get your eyes off the enemy. Get your eyes on the great and awesome God. Doesn't that make a difference? What did we sing to start the service? Huh? Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior. Life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Don't look at the rubble around you, the enemy around you. Look at Jesus. That's what Nehemiah said. Turn your eyes upon this great and, and awesome God. And that's exactly what they needed to hear because it encouraged them to go on. Verse 15 says, When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, then all of us returned to the wall, each one to his work. Isn't that amazing? They were ready to quit. Now, every one of them went back to the work. Not one of them quit. That's awesome. Well, maybe I should use that word. Great. Well, that's wonderful. God is awesome. But that's not the only thing he told them to do, get their focus on the Lord. He also told them that they needed to rally to support one another. The threat of the enemy attack was there at any time. And at any place. And so he said in verse 19, I said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive and we are separated on the wall from one another. At whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Did you catch that phrase? Rally to us there. Nehemiah didn't ever want any of his workers to fight alone. If you hear the trumpet, you come there. 
That's where the enemy is attacking. Your brothers and sisters need you there. Rally to us there. He didn't ever want his workers to fight alone. Solomon says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls and there is not another to lift him up. Look out for that person. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. And a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Now, some of you really need to hear this. Because some of you are lone rangers. Some of you have a bent toward handling it on your own. Any of you willing to say that's me? Lone Rangers. Maybe it's you think you can handle it alone. Maybe it's you don't want to bother anybody with your problems or your struggles. But when you battle alone... You are much more vulnerable to opposition and discouragement. And some of you have experienced that because you tried to handle it on your own. You faced a challenge that was beyond what you could. And you ended up like Elijah. Remember Elijah? After Mount Carmel called down fire from heaven. Jezebel warned him, you're done. There he was listening to the opposition, took off running, hiding in a cave. And God comes to him and says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Well, I'm the only one faithful to God. I'm the great spiritual lone ranger, right? Everybody else is bowed down to Baal. And I just need to check out. Just just take my life. It's not worth living anymore. What did God say to him? He said, Elijah, you are not the only one. I have 7,000 others who have not bowed to Baal. Get to work. Go back and do what God has has called you to do. So don't fall for Satan's trap that you can fight the battle alone. Don't be the the, the hero lone lone ranger who's going to hand it all, all yourself. You need the encouragement of other believers. And they need you. We are in this together, right? The body of Christ, we are in this together. Jesus is our head and we are united together. We need each other. And when there's someone who is facing a battle, we need to rally, right? We need to support them. We need to encourage them and strengthen them. It's a great work we're called to do.
building the kingdom of God, being a part of that great work as living stones being built into a spiritual house to offer praise to God. So Nehemiah teaches us some important lessons in spite of opposition, in spite of discouragement. We focus on the Lord. We serve together. We might encourage one another in the work of God's kingdom. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for a man like Nehemiah who faced opposition and discouragement and did not throw in the towel and quit. He turned to you, Lord, regularly, consistently in prayer. He encouraged your people, Lord, in the calling that you had given to them. And Lord, help us to be men like him, that we might turn to you. Lord, you are the answer. Uh, You are the one that we need today. And we turn our eyes upon you, Lord, and look full in your wonderful face. Teach us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.